guys, it's Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. Yes. Hello. How you doing, my friend? I'm good on this rainy good. day. Honestly, I, I love a rainy day. Like, I only but love I'm a rainy in California. Day. I love a rainy day. Isn't that an old like country song? I love a rainy night. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You are definitely You're asking welcome. the wrong person that question. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's like a, I think it's a song from like the 80s or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm not in L.A., so it's not rainy. It's very beautiful here oh. where I'm still at. Are you bragging? In- yeah. No. You're bragging. It's fine. Miriam, Sorry. I will never, ever <laughs> brag about Florida. Okay. Okay. Fucking Florida. Uh huh. Uh huh. My bad. My bad. No, I can't wait to be get the hell on out of here. Um, well, I think that you know before we start, um, I just want to say that um, this is the second week, second episode for Black History Month, and I'm again gonna lose my black card this year mm-hmm. because uh, last week's episode dropped literally on the first day of Black History Month, and I didn't okay. realize that, and so I did not cover a black person, and um, yep. I don't think I should lose my black card. I think I should just be put on probation. What do you think? You know what, Lavetta? You know who did talk about a black person last week? Who? It was me. Uh huh. It was me. You see how white people try and center themselves. <laughs> you see, audience. <laughs> I saved you, Lavetta. That's right. With my cape. <laughs> white savior. Um, <laughs> white centeredness. See, the white lady yep. had to save the yep. black lady during Black History Month. <laughs> I just. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. okay because think- the white people are here for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Massa. Isaiah, Massa. <laughs> you know I got to bring in my fog on Leghorn accent. Oh, damn! Just like I for the record, nothing by nothing. Huh? <laughs> so they don't come at me. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> of course we're kidding. If people yeah. don't know this, again, I literally said a comedy podcast. All right, like we. Yeah. Like, this is America. <laughs> Black people have learned how to laugh at uh, racial humor. You Literal know, everything. Of, yeah. Yeah. Well, like it's just, like I told you, whatever somebody who's not black American, they do like a black woman's accent. I don't. The first thing they go to is like Oof. mammy voice. And I'm like, what? Yes. Why? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know nothing about Oof. birth and babies. It's like, what? What is what is happening? Isn't it, isn't it said in 1986? Why is you doing? <laughs> why come <laughs> is you doing <laughs> mammy voice? What is going on? I don't. Stop it, people. Stop it. Don't do that. And they're using voice, that voice like. to tell you how they're fighting for your rights. Oh, yeah. And like what yeah. you should do for your rights. Okay. It's like, cool, cool. what was this show that they used to have like a show with it? A show? Was it, uh, was it, it was either, I think it was, uh, Insecure. And some guy was like, uh, I hate slavery. It was like, yes, so they'd be watching, yes. they'd be watching a, like a drama of a terrible, like soapy slave drama or something. If that was, and the guy's like, I, was hate, the most I hate, I hate slavery. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, the so whitest wrong. writers writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I cannot. Oh uh, God. Well, on that note, together. I guess we okay. should get started mm-hmm. in this Black mm-hmm. History Month. Uh, yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, Miriam, my white savior, um, mm, mm-hmm. That's you me. are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe that you are uh-huh. first, uh, so, this week. Yeah. My dear, okay. So. I am first. It's really awkward. Cause I'm about y'all. Okay. I guess I'm no longer a white savior. Um, I'm about to Uh-oh. talk about a very white person. Not, Uh-oh. no, a white person. You white. know. White woman. (laughs) Yes. I mean, white with an H. You know what I'm saying? H-W-H-I-T-E. White. White. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Those who know, know. know. (laughs) What's that? I said, those who know, know. They know what we're saying. They know what we're Mm, doing. They do. They do. And we can blame the man for this because this was someone that my husband found. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Now you throw like, be- your white husband under the bus. Miriam, what mm-hmm. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. White's ya. disgendered Midwest. Yep. <laughs> I mean, obviously Works his fault. Okay, you see no, how hard it is to be person. a straight white man in America nowadays? You see, I feel, wow. I feel Sal's pain. Mm-mm. I feel it. Wow. Do you? Okay. <laughs> no, Maybe I don't ever say that again. <laughs> and Sal would agree. <laughs> He would, he would, he really would be he like, what did she say? Yeah. He prob- like, she probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. So I'm going to talk about a woman named Margaret Cavendish. Cavendish. Doesn't that this sound is a very white English name. You? Oh, yeah. That's, oh. A, that's white oh, yes. English um, tea and crumpets and a murder in the library. <laughs> library. Murdered the library. library. I mean, she's so yes. white, I can't even attain to it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, I can't, like, I can't walk in that family and be like, I'm white like you. They'd be like, no, girl, get out. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted no, your money. Like, okay. I smell Jewish in yeah. the smell like- hills. <laughs> no, no. I, I love pork. What? No. Um, okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep it straight. Cavendish. So she okay. was born Margaret Lucas in 1623. I don't know. This inspired oh, me to yeah. do a little English accent. In Colchester, Essex, England, her father was, was Thomas Lucas. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. British. Thomas Lucas. Um, and her mother was Elizabeth Layton. All right. I'll stop having a fake English accent because okay. if someone in I England is it. listening, thank I know, you. I are like Americans terrible accents <laughs> see i think it's we really know. good but it's probably like really bad and that's fair i think it would be good in the um, 1940s in hollywood yeah yeah in yes. hollywood where people didn't live right yeah <laughs> um on a movie set yes so she was the youngest of eight so her father died when she was two, but her mother was, <laughs> remember I said privileged, her mother was able to keep up their lavish lifestyle. I guess I am not going to stop talking in this terrible accent um, without the help of a man. So this was something that was written down, but I'm here to say like, but with the help of generational wealth. So, I mean, okay. cool, but like, but it's also that 16, means 16, 16, 23, Twenty, thirty, you know that whole thing. Yeah. Um. So she records in her notes that she spent a lot of time with her siblings. That she had no formal education, but she was around uh, libraries and tutors. Um. They were the richest of rich. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't 
exactly know like why they were landed gentry i think they just had the monies and the connections um when she was very young she started putting ideas down on paper now it was poorly accepted for women to display such intelligence so she didn't really tell anybody about her writing Uh, outside of her home, but her siblings knew that she was very smart and that she liked to write things down. So her middle brother, John, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's so interesting when the landed gentry, well-off people don't want to educate their girls either. Like, like she didn't have a governess? That's very unusual, I guess. Maybe maybe not in the 1600s. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think it was like a little bit early for that. I don't know. I don't think they denied her. I don't think her immediate family and the people immediately around her denied her uh, access to these things. I think they were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I think siblings were like, let me teach you. Tutors, she could go to the tutors and ask for help. They weren't there for her. Does that make sense? They were just around. Um, But her brother, John, he would talk to her. A lot. They would have intellectual conversations. And he was older. Uh, he was a student of law, philosophy, and natural science. He was fluent in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, which honestly, I think that's impressive. Fluent? That's impressive. Very impressive. And he was a, yeah. He, was, he became a founding member of the Royal Society. Mm. So like fruest of frou-frou. You know, like the fruest. Yeah, Why are you talking about it, Marion? People got money. Money, money, money. I mean, I will get to why I'm talking about her, but I'm going to make y'all wait. Okay. So in 19, in 19, I was born in 19. Okay. In 1643. I think I lost you a little bit. You cut out a little bit. I did. Yes. Yes. So you're going to make us wait. I'm going to make you wait. I am, but you'll well, I'll get there. I swear. I swear. It is interesting. You're going to like this. I know okay. you're like, I'm going to like this. You are. Okay. In okay. 1643, she, she wanted to find some independence, like be her own woman. So she applied to be, it's called a maid of honor at the court of Queen Henrietta Maria. I guess that's like a lady in waiting kind of thing. And then in 1644, this queen was exiled to France and she followed her. So she went to France and she met her husband, William Cavendish. Uh, They married in 1645 and they stayed in exile until the restoration of the crown in 1660. In exile, they were in Paris, they were in Rotterdam, they were in Antwerp. Now, there's a whole lot of politics that happened that I didn't research. I must be interesting. It's like white on white crime. You know, look it up. You know, that white people <laughs> said that topic. thing. Those other white people said that other thing. And the white people were like, no. <laughs> and the 1650 something, that was the heyday of white on white crime. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, it truly, truly was. <laughs> and yep. if those white people could just pull up their bootstraps. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, and pull yeah. up the pants. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Speak correct pantaloons. English. Yes, pantaloons. Right? Exactly. Pantaloons, yes. Mm-hmm. I think that means underwear, actually. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. It does. Yes, pantaloons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it as like, I'm an Anglophile. It means underwear. Yes. Anyway. 
Um, so she was very shy. She was quiet when she was like lady in waiting. She didn't want people to know how smart she was. So people thought she was dumb. And since like her siblings, I think some of her siblings went with her. So she like decided to allow them to think she was dumb because it was better than being rude. Wow. <laughs> this is crazy. Right? Wow. Think about it. She can read, she can write. I guess women, they couldn't. Um, her relationship with her husband was actually a really good one from what I read. Uh, he very much respected her, um, loved her very much and supported her intelligence, her writings, her thoughts. Um, so they held an allegiance to the queen. Now, I have no opinion on this whatsoever because I don't even like a monarchy, right? But it's in the 1600s, so I don't know. Is this Elizabeth the first? Is it Elizabeth? Well, she was with Henrietta Maria and someone else oh. took over. Okay. You know. I mean, hashtag um, not historians again. Hashtag so. not historians. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so she never had any children and they saw a doctor cause they did want kids, but, um, he had, he had been married and she died and he has five surviving children. So he was kind of like, it's fine. My, my heirs will continue my line. You know how these white men are. Okay. So he regularly organized and hosted meetings of quote, the Cavendish circle, Cavendish circle in the 1640s. And some of the people that would show up were Thomas Hobbes, Rene Descartes, Marin Mersenne, Pierre Gassendi, and Canelm Digby, two of whom I've heard of. Maybe y'all have heard of more than that? I have not. But uh, <clears throat> Descartes and Hobbes, I know them. So she went to these meetings and she talked to them and had regular conversations. They don't know like how intense she had these conversations, but she was there. Um, she was also still writing at the time, and it was uncommon for a publisher to print f philosophical and scientific work written by women. But she was sufficiently brilliant and impressive that she did, in fact, publish her work without any man's help. They just agreed to it. Um, her very first work was Poems and Fancies in 1653. Now, her more philosophical writings were published with uh, the assistance of her well-connected husband. Um, but like, good on him for being like, no, this is good. Um, she ended up producing a number of important works in philosophy. Um, she, what she would do was she would mail copies of her philosophical monograms to scholars and to libraries in England and beyond England. And she would request commentary and she would continue correspondence with the res with the responders, but a lot of people dismissed her. They would respond, but they didn't like her because her philosophy went against the norms of the day. Like she had her own ideas, like burn her. You know what is this it, witchcraft? Of course, I know. right? <laughs> the woman thinking is witchcraft. <laughs> I don't understand. Now the it reason totally I is. found her, the reason I like was, is that. Her utopian romance called The Blazing World is one of the earliest examples of science fiction. So one of the first science fiction books written was written by her. No. Yeah. Wow. Sci-fi baby. 
So to all the misogynist nerds out there who get mad when a woman pops on the screen being strong, I just want you to know that this genre you love so much was created by a woman. Oh, that's so satisfying. Oh, now you're gonna now you're trying to uh, get us uh, doxed because yeah, some of these fragile egos will definitely dox us. Be like, bit uh, bitch, witch, murder at the stake. Nope. Yeah, nope, you're gonna. Nope. My ears don't want to hear that. Listen, honey, sweetie, I can't help it if it's true. Like you can look it up yourself. It's out there, in like the New York yeah. Times. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, that's amazing, though. Facts wow. are facts. Wow. Yeah. And it's um, it explored issues of science and gender and power. It views relations between imagination and reason and philosophy and fiction. She also writes herself into the book, um, which details a fictional, quite separate new world and its empress. She remarks in her epilogue that she is the empress, um, adding that in much the same way as there, uh, there was a Charles I, she would be seen as Margaret I. Um, oh. Yeah. I like her spunk. Yeah. So she, I mean, it's actually still, I'll talk about it later. People have like rediscovered her a couple of times. Um, so... The amount of works she had was a total of about 21. She would often have her portrait engraved on the covers of her different works so that people would know that she was solely responsible for the creation of whatever it was she wrote. I know that's right. Um, That's right. Right? Like in Mm -hmm. a time when, like, I mean, how many writers wrote under a pseudonym? Yeah. And that's, that's an example of having that level power and control right yeah she was next level rich yeah you know yeah that helps (laughs) um she she her publications uh brought her fame and helped to disprove the contemporary belief i mean we're still trying to disprove it today that women were inherently inferior to men she used them to advocate for women's education um and she has been championed and critiqued as a unique, groundbreaking woman writer. Woman writer. Can we say writer? No. Or is it like a woman got, writer? She got titties, so she can't be just a writer. Oh my God. I almost forgot about her titties. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was... That was wrong of me. So. <laughs> so. You know who never forget about the titties? Misogynist Who? men. They always yeah, see the titties. Yep. That's yeah. the one. Good or um, bad, they always see the titties. <laughs> all the time. Why, y'all? Why? <laughs> um, so in May 1667, she became the first woman to attend a meeting at the Royal Society of London. She criticized and engaged with members and philosophers such as Robert Boyle, among lots of other names I'd never heard of, and hashtag not historians. Um, and so negative comments, this was, I liked this one from Samuel Pepys, who once wrote of her as quote, a mad, conceited, ridiculous woman, end quote. 
However, he was also eager to read her work. She also had a number of important admirers. She, so he to post a child for her. That bitch crazy. <laughs> yeah. He, like, yeah, she's crazy. I want to yeah. say he started it, but yeah, he yeah. didn't start it. He just continued it. Um, she wrote a biography of her husband. Uh, in her dedication, in that biography, she uses it to dispel the rumors that he wrote all her stuff. Uh-huh. And then she wrote her own biography. And there's several writings after her biography where she defended her writing of her biography. That it wasn't, you know, that she didn't do it because she's egotistical. She did it to explain herself. And I'm just like, you just, just let me know. Just write your biography. This is, That's cool. this is what I don't understand. A man could yeah. get up and just slide on slippers. And he thinks that's a... a a wonderful accomplishment that he should trump it out to the world. But a woman can come up with brilliant philosophies, creativity, works of art. And she's bragging if she just tells you about yeah. it. Okay. If she's like, I, I wrote a book. How dare you burn her? Like a, man, All right. a man has a bio movement and it's a cause for celebration apparently. But a woman creates science fiction or writes one of the first science fiction. Right. Um, manuscripts and it's it's like why are you bragging about yourself <laughs> okay i tell you okay i swear am okay, i a lesbian dude. yet did i wake up a lesbian yet because i swear every night i lord jesus please help me wake up a lesbian because these men's are getting on my nerves mm-hmm. I tell you. i'll let you know i'll let you know okay that's how that Not works yet. you know <laughs> to the to the uh <laughs> I know that the bigots out there. <laughs> like you just pray to Absolutely. be gay. You pray to be gay. It rubs your off. Soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or you just hang out with too many gay people. <laughs> you just hang out with gay people and then poof, you're gay. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. That's how that yeah. works. That's, or that's works. worse yet, you read a book with a gay person in it. Ooh, <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. 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 That would definitely make me. I need to read more mm-hmm. books with gay people in it and I'll, I'll yeah. break up. Gay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure that's right. how that works. <laughs> All I right. don't need to study Let's... biology to know biology. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Literally says half this country. Okay. Oh, God. Jesus. Yes. There's that. Okay. So she died pretty young in her 50s in London and was buried in Westminster Abbey on January 7th. So being buried at Westminster Abbey tells you how up there she was like oh yeah like not only like rich but respected um yeah her husband arranged for a monument to be erected Uh, the epitaph reads her name was margaret lucas youngest daughter of lord lucas earl of colchester a noble family for all the brothers were valiant and all the sisters were virtuous like her husband was hashtag goals man yeah exactly you know like that's right. Big up. He's representing for the good guys out there. The ones who aren't yeah, like. Yeah, he is. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm glad she was able to find that. Because imagine not yeah. having that at home. Like, and then Ugh. having to deal with these nincompoops. Like, that's an old school right. term, right? Like, out in the world, like, you don't have any kind of love and support at home. And, like, even with all her money and status, that's what's so interesting. So, if she because, had to fight up yeah. against that. Yeah. An exactly. Average woman, like, she had. What did she do? Yeah. Who could she talk to? Money and status isn't going to give you someone to talk to. That's very true. Very true. Yep. 
Um, so that is Mar. I will say that she was lost to obscurity until Virginia Woolf brought her back into the conversation in 1925 in The Common Reader. Then they forgot about her again. Then they found out about her in the 1980s. Um, just general scholarly interest. They started writing about her um, and discovering that she wrote the first science fiction book. Now, most recently, her plays have been examined in performance studies for blurring the lines between performance and literature, challenging gender identities and upsetting gender norms. 1600s! Listen, 1600s. I know she's the whitest woman, but I like her. Yeah, I guess I'll let this slide, Miriam. Covering a white woman, the whitest of women in Black History Thank Month. You. Okay, okay. Okay, you know, um, I know, I hear it, I hear it. <laughs> but you know, speaking of another white woman, I wonder that you oh, say Lord. that because about... Um, I mean, again, everyone knows if you listen to this. I am an Anglophile. I know my black card is in jeopardy again. But um, uh, Agatha Christie is credited with creating the idea of the final girl. So creating the horror genre of that ilk yeah. where it's the final girl. And I wonder if she was inspired by um, oh. Mrs. Mrs. Cavendish. Like, I wonder. Uh, and also that name. I know that name Cavendish from an Agatha Christie novel like so i wonder well, now i have to research she's... her yeah yeah so is it really interesting so oh well thank you so much for i just thought sharing you're a trekkie, that. so you know you'd enjoy it uh, you know i'm a tracky live long and prosper mm, um, i can't do engage. it i can't do it um nope. No, that was fun. That, that was fun. I, I think I'll let it slide that as a white woman in Black History Month, uh, because she uh, is credited with writing something that a lot of black people have found success and acceptance in science, sci-fi. So science. Fiction. That's what I was thinking of when I wrote about it. That was that was the plan. That was the whole plan. That was the plan. I, from the beginning. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Can't you hear I absolutely it? believe the honesty? you. Yes, uh-huh. I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because I'm speaking out loud. (laughs) Well, on that note, from one pioneering woman to another pioneering woman, um, my notorious woman this week that I'm covering is, uh, again, I have to make up for last week, but it is a black woman. Power to the people. Okay. Um, (laughs) Happy Black History Month. Um, Now, have you ever heard of a woman? Now, let me just let me just set the stage. So I was inspired by the the recent beef. Uh, rap beef, hip hop beef between Megan the Stallion and Nicki Minaj. I don't know if you've been following it. I have not. Have Tell me everything. Oh my god. Oh no. Okay. You need to go online. Okay. So okay. Megan the Stallion basically released a um, uh, hiss. It's so good. It's one of the best diss records I've ever heard in my life. And I'm a true like. I love hip hop. Like it, Tupac is my favorite rapper. It's no surprise, followed by like, you know, MC Light. Uh, I love all the ladies, Queen Latifah, Missy Elliott, but also yeah. uh, DMX. Like, I love like, I love like, I like them to go in. Like, that's, you know, Lil' Kim, of course, like even Nicki Minaj, like, and I'm a Megan the Stallion girl, so I'm definitely a hottie. I know you um, are. Yeah. Ah. Uh, but <laughs> so <laughs> I, so I was going to listen to Megan, but it's like, because I'm so proud of Megan because she's also like bringing not only like female MCs, but like Southern female hip hop artists, like 
she since I can't even think of someone since Missy that's been like a Southern MC that I really, really love that much. And I feel like is really representing. And because and, Megan's like Southern Southern, like she's from Texas. So that's like that's a very yeah. specific kind of hip hop, too. But anyway, I digress. So she released this song called Hiss. And it's not just directed towards Nikki. She went in on like all her haters people think it's uh she's dissing uh uh nikki drake uh her exes and probably other people that in the industry know who she's talking about but we as a public don't know who she's talking about but she went in and it is so smooth it's like it's like high caliber like diss i love it love it love it and i can shake my ass too which i'm gonna do okay you know because she's going on tour so we're gonna have to go and see megan the stallion um so there's a line in there where it's like there's a couple things that you can attribute to her shooting a shot at nikki who has been shooting shots at her let's be fair uh let's be honest and but one of the ones is the line that uh something like y'all hoes ain't mad at megan y'all mad at megan's law now you know what megan's law is right that's the law where you have to register as a sex offender (gasps) and Nicki Minaj's husband is a registered sex offender Oh, true it's something that happened when he was uh, a teenager with a younger Mm -mm. um, with a woman but it's this whole thing that like yeah so and she's married to this guy right and had a baby so Okay. Yeah, so Megan's like, y'all hoes ain't mad at Megan, y'all mad at Megan's law, which is a bar. <laughs> that is a bar. <laughs> and it goes so fast. You're like, did she just say what I think she just said? And what I love about it is that she's educating the folks because a lot of people had to go and look up what Megan's law is. And it's a very important law because this little girl lost her life because she was living near a sex offender and her family did not know it. So there's that. Um, so this be Listen, so Listen, you know that so much. Out, yeah. Oh, I mean, I have, uh, yeah, let's not even get into what I have to do on my downtime. But anyway, but she, no, so shit. when, so when the record was released, Nicki Minaj heard that and went fucking ballistic and spent like, I don't know, 48 to 72 hours online nonstop going off. Wow. Going okay. In. I need to see this. Oh. And so I think after like three days of just going in and in and in, she released her her response to what she thinks is a diss track towards her. It's again, okay. it's, it's 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 Megan going in on a lot of people. It's not just her, but she took it personally, and I understand why she took it personally because if I was married to a sex offender, yeah, and uh, somebody taking shots like that, I would go ballistic too. I get it, but she went on and on and on, and then released her thing called Bigfoot, making fun of the fact that Megan was shot in her feet and yeah and and the fact that she has big feet which i'm like that's not even a diss because megan is like 5'11 of course she got big feet because she tall like all models have big feet because they tall like so just, anyway it's like, you have brown hair okay i just yeah, yeah and it's like yeah so so and so then there's a battle on the charts that's been going on but it looked like his took it like Megan's like thing is it's you should go and listen to it I already downloaded I've been shaking my I've been trying to twerk to it because all Megan Megan always make a banger that you can twerk to so exactly (laughs) I'm not a good twerker look at me the whitest dance alive here we go Miriam we both have badunka dunks and we don't know how to twerk so we might have to take a twerking class it's bad we might have to do that that would be so fun That'd be a lot of fun. We'd walk in, they'd be like, yes. And then they'd start teaching. They'd be like, oh my, okay. (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Like, what a waste of ass. (laughs) 
like, so sad, really. <laughs> it's true. It's like a tall, terrible basketball player. It's like, what? Uh, right, um, exactly. <laughs> so in honor of that beef, my notorious woman this week is the is the originator of the hip hop rap beef, Roxanne oh. Shante. Have I you ever heard of Roxanne Shante? Okay. Roxanne, no. Roxanne. I want to be your man. Okay. So, Roxanne Shante. Uh, now, my sources today come from like uh, from a, uh, a couple places, but the main sources are from an NPR interview with uh, Elsa Chang uh, from 2018, uh, a YouTube channel by the name of One Stop Hip Hop. That was really good. And then Roxanne Shante's YouTube channel herself. Oh. And okay. Roxanne Shante, Shante is spelled with an S. So, now again, this is the story of Roxanne Shante and one of the first. First rap hip hop beefs on wax. Okay. So on wax. Roxanne on wax on record. So like Roxanne oh. Shantae was born Lolita Shantae Gooden on, I think oh. I was pronouncing the right Gooden on March 8th, 1970 in Queens, New York. Okay. Queens. Now she grew up in the Queens, Queensbridge projects of Queens. And so she was a working class comes from a, um, you know, working class, poor background. Um, I know exactly but she where also that is. comes from. Do you? I'm I not do. that familiar with to, Queens. You, I, we used to pass that. Remember we talked about pirates versus hobos. We filmed some of it there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it hey, sounds like I'm really represent. pushing for PVH. You guys, we call it PVH. No. All the cool kids. No, but, um, yeah, I know the area. <laughs> I'm I'll stop forward. talking. Uh, <laughs> but you. Queensbridge is very uh, famous in hip hop because a lot of like big heavy hitters, early pe- but heavy hitters comes from uh, come from this actual uh, housing projects. So uh, now she again, she was born Lolita. So she was surrounded by hustlers. So even though you live in this situation, it don't mean that. And again, the projects, I know it, it gets a bad rap because it's only like. Honestly, about 10% of the people who live in the projects are assholes and they make it worse for the rest of the people living there. Most people I mean, living I know- there are just, they're just trying to go to work. They're just trying to do what they do. And then all it takes is like 10% of trash to make the whole experience trash. I would walk, okay. I, exactly. I would walk past literally those projects all the time. Anytime the train was like not working well and I just mm-hmm. didn't have the patience to wait for like, I would just walk there it was always fine. It was cute. It was like a cute walk. Like, yeah, it's like a bunch of apartment buildings, but like, and it it was fine. Yeah, it's Never probably gentrified by now because this is the 80s in New York and I've heard that from even hardcore yeah. New York lovers like the 80s in New York was really rough. So, um, but she, you know, her mother was very strict. Uh, you know, these people are still raising their families and their children and doing the best they can and working hard. Yeah. Now, she was, um, again, she was surrounded by uh, a difficult circumstance, people making, you know, uh, just working every day to make ends meet every week, every month. Uh, so there's some good things about the uh, projects. And there's some bad things. Um, I mean, this is like because, Warriors era. era yeah. Right? And also people always <sighs> had a hustle. I mean, people have a hustle yes. in New York now, like, um, but they always had a hustle. So, for instance, her mom. Her mom would be yeah. like, you better stay in this house because you're a young girl. But her mother would go out um, in the evenings and would uh, carry her cart around or like whatever her stuff is, a bunch of supplies to the ladies of the evening, the sex workers oh. yeah. nearby. And she would sell them hygiene products and snacks. 
What a genius okay. move. Genius wow. move. Wow. Yes. Yes. And you know the ladies were probably very, very happy <laughs> to have somebody oh, come yeah. over bringing baby wipes, you know, tissue, right? uh, mouthwash, toothpaste, mm-hmm. like... A little candy bar, yeah. a little hungry, Water, you know? Yes. 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 Right? So her mother basically started her own wow. mobile business to make ends meet. And so Lo- young genius. Lolita grew up. She had that that hustler um, uh, spirit in her as well. But she was also like very popular. She was outgoing. She was charismatic. Um, and she was in she loved to uh rap this new like uh pretty new um uh, art form the kids would just get together because it started with the kids the kids just hanging out uh going to parties and she would get into these rap battles or ciphers where you would have to do it you would basically have to freestyle or improv a rap like on the spot i remember seeing some of that and i just i've improvised in theater and i yeah the skill, I can't even pretend. It's just unbelievable. I just unbelievable. Can't. And that's where like 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 original hip hop, that's all of the the originals and the greats from back in the day, they all got their start doing this kind of stuff. Cause they were just kids hanging out, right? They're just kids. And again, she was very popular. She was one of those kids who always had friends and she was outgoing. Yeah. And she she was also a young girl who had like a lot of confidence. Right. Um, But she got she got to be known around the neighborhood and in the borough in general as like really good, having like real nice skills, as they said, like real nice skills, Mm -hmm. like good, like good at rapping. So when she was about 14 years old, now she's 14 years old. So she's Mm -hmm. she's crossing the street to the um, from her housing, um, her housing building to across the street to go to do the laundry. Her mother sent her to do the laundry. So as she's going in the building, she sees this man, a neighbor who she's seen around the neighborhood by the name of Marley Mall sitting in his apartment because he probably didn't have AC. So he's sitting out there looking down. He was like, hey, Lolita, or I don't know, maybe they call a low or something. I heard you got real nice skills, girl. Like, come on up here. I want you to hear a um, a beat. I have an idea. And she was like, no, my mama told me to go here to the laundromat. So and she's like, like it is today. You got to go. You got to time it because you got to take your clothes out as soon as the machine stops. Because otherwise yep. people will be touching that, all your clothes. Right. Yep. Yep. Nobody want that. If you're lucky, Nobody they'll leave them wet on top and not just throw them, you know. Yeah. But so yeah. she's like, I'm doing this. Da, da, da. He's like, come on up here now. Side note, this is a PSA. 14-year-old girls, if you're listening to this, never go up to a man's apartment by yourself. <laughs> just, yeah. Even if you've just seen him around. Maybe, mm-hmm. Even if you've seen him around, go and get your friend, your brother, <laughs> like somebody your bro- older. Your big brother. Yeah. yeah. But this was a different time. Someone older. And... It's I wasn't clear about uh, her prior relationship. But again, he he grown or he he at least 18, 19 and she 14. OK, so just okay, no. PSA, have somebody go with you. Um, but that's how it is when you're in the music industry, you creative like you collaborate, as you know, with a lot of people. And so people might be like, oh, let's let's just talk about let's just try something. So she was like, literally, like, I'm, I'm doing my mama's laundry. He was like, no, I want you to come up here and hear this this beat and see what you can do with it. So. What's crazy is she literally goes upstairs because she's like she knew she had like uh, about um, 14 minutes. (laughs) So she went upstairs. (laughs) 
it was like it was like it's 16 minutes or something like that like she broke it down and because like how long the cycle was when she had to be down there when it stopped so she goes upstairs and he's mm-hmm. like listen to this beat have you heard this and so he played her the beat of a song that had been playing on the radio and she was like okay okay so he's like can you freestyle to it so she's just freestyling to it right now a little bit about marley marr now even though he was also a hustler like a lot of people in the neighborhood you know but he was at the time he was an assistant and a dj for a radio show one of the only hip-hop radio shows um mc by a man named hosted by a man named mr magic but real talk marley marr was really a uh, a record producer that's really what he wanted to do oh. but you got to have a job to make ends meet so you know right. it's it's a good job because it's at a radio show it's for a radio show now totally. at the time around this time so this is in 1984 so in 1984 this song called Roxanne Roxanne by a group uh, a Brooklyn group hip-hop group called UT UTFO uh, for Untouchable Force Organization had released a song called Roxanne, Roxanne. And the hook is Roxanne, Roxanne. I want to be your man, right? So in the song, basically, it's the structure of the song is that the four groups of the four members of the group are all talking about this girl named Roxanne who they try and kick it to, but they all fail. Cute. Right. So they all take their turn and be like, I, you know, I, I talked to this girl and da da da. And I said da 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 da. And she was like, mm mm mm. And he's like, and then again, the, the, uh, the chorus is Roxanne, Roxanne. I want to be your man. So I've Marley heard the had song. This idea. I know the song. I know exactly what you're you talking about. You know the about. song. Yeah. So Marley yes. Marr had this idea to have the girl that they're talking about, the fictional Roxanne, in the song respond in a diss track called yeah. Roxanne's Revenge. And he wanted Lolita, who's 14, who he heard that her skills were nice to take the mic and, and, and just do a freestyle from Roxanne's point of view. Okay. Right. So basically to create a diss track. To these guys because they're talking about oh she was this she was uppity she was and he used the original uh, beat from the uh, from an instrumental version of Roxanne Roxanne now part of this was Marley Mars creativity but also he and his boss Mr. Magic were pissed off because like I said their their hip-hop show was one of the only hip-hop shows that was on the radio at the time and UTFO was scheduled to appear in the show and they didn't show up so they left him high and dry Oh, so I guess they figured, oh, they don't got too big for their britches because the song was doing really well. Actually, it was playing as being played on the radio. So it was doing really, really well. That's why you've heard of it. <laughs> Roxanne, yeah. Roxanne. <laughs> so but so that's why Marley Mar came up with this idea. So, again, she's like, I got I got laundry downstairs. Da, da, da. So she said in about seven and a half minutes off the dome, just freestyling. She laid down the wow. track for Roxanne's Revenge. She finished it and then went back downstairs to finish the laundry because her mama was going to kill her if she didn't finish the laundry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, needless to say, Roxanne's revenge was huge. It sold 250,000 copies, hard copies, not downloads. People had to go to the store right. they and buy these. Out of their house to do it. They had to buy. It even outsold the original song, Roxanne, Roxanne. Yes, yes. Okay. So they released it on pop art, uh, on the pop art label. And because it became so, like it was hitting the charts, it became so popular that they actually got a, a cease and desist letter from Select Records, the the original label for Roxanne, Roxanne. Because they were also pissed. They were like, how is this outcharting our song when it's just a diss track to our song? 
That's amazing. Right? So did they, what did they do? So they, they sent a uh, cease and desist. And so yeah. um, after, again, boys and girls, they had to actually print up like physical copies of records back then. <laughs> Yes. Like, this is even before yes. like like regular cassette. Imagine like they had if the you big will a eight tracks, three, but like a three D printer. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So they had to. Um, so the, you know. So in subsequent releases, they had to use a different beat, of course, because it was oh, yeah, a yeah. copyright infringement, right? Um, so now again, UTFO was like, "How the hell this is out charting our song when they're dissing <laughs> us, right?" But it's a genius move. So what they did was UTFO and Select Records, they came up with their own Roxanne. Oh, so to yes, to respond. So basically they found so. And so after this, Lolita became Roxanne Shantae. That was her stage name. She became and and she and that's what she you know, she she uh, in the song. Now, the song is so cute. It's like the most adorable, innocent, like dissing to because basically she's just making fun of their names, uh, like one of them in name. And she's like, his name sounds like a hat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's saying that they got weak macking skills on the ladies but more importantly she said that their MC skills were not as great as hers again Ooh. this is a 14 year old girl that's like y'all whack Ooh. I'm the freshest on the mic da, 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 da. she's going in she's going in, in, in she's 14 too it's great it's great it's she's, great. she's probably right too I'm just saying yeah she's probably right so she after this uh, or around this time you know again she's going around already doing uh, her own thing just at parties and and get togethers Uh, she joined uh, the juice crew which is uh, basically a group of of other artists and it's basically a a musical gang of sorts that they would battle each other with their MC skills so we're getting rap battles but they had a crew like the Wu-Tang crew is that kind of thing like Wu-Tang crew against like or like bad boys and you know that kind of label but that's where that came from Lavetta do you know why I know what you're talking about I have the whitest reason why I know what you're talking about why? Because Lynn Manuel Miranda, that's how th- what they did is they had yep. their crew. This is how white people know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, and that's yeah. that's straight up hip hop yep. origins, roots. Yep. Now, again, UTFO and their label was like, what? so we're going to get our own Roxanne. So they hired a, a young female MC named Elise Jack and they released a song called The Real Roxanne. Okay. To play the fictional. So basically they were doing what right. Roxanne Shantae and Marley Mar did, but they're having their own version. So basically <laughs> she also dissed them too, but they were like, well, we want to get some of that money, that 250,000 uh, units being yeah, sold, exactly. you know? And so now at least was it later, was later replaced by Adelaide Martinez. So they initially had at least uh, take on the moniker of the real Roxanne and then Adelaide took over and she was known throughout as the real Roxanne. Now this song again was basically the same approach that Roxanne Shantae had taken. Uh, okay. But they were hoping like you said before that uh, lightning would strike uh, or we said off mic uh, we were having a conversation lightning would yeah. strike twice. It didn't really but it was a success. But all okay. of this led to what we call the like the beef wars like the hip-hop uh roxanne uh, wars <laughs> they were basically okay. on wax right so that's awesome now it it was so funny because this led to you ready for you you want to know how many different uh, people 
different versions on this idea of records that were released? How many? Over 55 separate discs and response records. Are you serious? I am dead serious. What the? <laughs> Some of the responses in the disc wow. records were to Shantae. Roxanne Chante, and some were to UTFO, who was originally dissing this girl, this fictional girl named Roxanne, right? Now, basically, it became a proxy war that included interactions like, so here's some of them. (laughs) You ready? Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Roxanne's Doctor was a song (laughs) by a man named Dr. Fresh claiming to be Roxanne's doctor and Uh dissing her. Because she's saying, oh, I'm all fresh. I'm this. And And so the doctor's dissing Roxanne. Mm -mm. Right. Mm -mm. Another Uh record is the parents of Roxanne. Oh, (laughs) their response. Yes. Their response from it's basically from the POV of Roxanne's mother and father dissing Uh UTFO. The original makers of Roxanne, Roxanne. Yeah. Okay. And apparently these people were from the South and they were not. So the people in the North were like, what's this going on? What is going on? So this is Roxanne's parents. And then there's another uh, girl. So our Roxanne Shantae was 14 when she recorded this track. Then they had a song called I'm Little Roxanne, who was purportedly from a seven-year-old Roxanne. Oh. Talking about her POV. Oh, yes. So if that's true, if the, if that Roxanne was really seven, oh, yeah. she would be the youngest recorded uh, hip hop artist ever, right? Oh yeah. Okay, I have a couple more. So there's Roxanne's okay. doctor, the parents of Roxanne, uh-huh. a little Roxanne, Roxanne's brothers, oh, who oh, responded yeah, to miss. UTFO, uh, mm. another female MC named Sparky D, who. Who, who went at Roxanne Shante and Dr. Fresh. So Roxanne's brothers are, are defending her against. And then they have rapping Roxy, Roxanne's sisters, oh, who were dissing okay. UTFO for dissing Roxanne. So it became so ridiculous. That's there were so many so cross like, like now all of this happened in over just a year or so. so really? <laughs> That's so between like eighty four and eighty five. Roxanne has so many family members. Roxanne, I'm your cousin. I have something to say. (laughs) Roxanne's cousin. Roxanne's baby mama. Roxanne's dog. Roxanne's uh, dog catcher. (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne's Roxanne's uh, post uh, postal worker. Uh, You know, (laughs) mailman. Roxanne's grocer. Roxanne's uh, Roxanne's favorite bodega. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, again, all this happened over a year. Now, eventually, this would lead also Roxanne Shantae squaring off with fellow MC, uh, female MCs like Sparky D and a couple others. But the Sparky D thing became a thing where they actually uh, enterprise on it. So she and Sparky D were both on the same record going back and forth, kind of like a boxing style matchup. Oh, that's where cool. It's a battle rap yes. on wax. Cause usually battle raps were live. Um, and so this was called Levetta. round one. Hmm? Levetta. Yes. What does on wax mean? On wax. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget for the kitties out there. Uh, so back in the olden days, they, that's what they would say when something was on a record. A record that, you know, this retro thing where you have the record player and it can scratch <laughs> easily. Let so sometimes you have to buy a record you. again. <laughs> yeah. It would turn around over and over yeah. again. 
And then it would come out and you would hear it and it'd be a little needle drop on it. And sometimes you'd scratch it or if you dropped it, you'd be like, damn it, I got to go and buy another one. Um, and we liked so, it. <laughs> and we liked it. Now, I will say this is the cutest thing because I will say like the diss is to Roxanne. So the response is to Roxanne. Um, and let's say like with Sparky D, the fellow female MC, it was always yeah. the diss to Roxanne was all about her being young, having braces and being petite. Oh, cute. Now, okay. Sparky D went a little bit further and said that said she basically had an STD. Who knows? But again, this is a 14 year old girl or <laughs> a 15, 15 year old girl. I hope she right? did not have an STD. No, she's 14. Now, yeah. on this record, round one, Shantae responds by calling Sparky D fat and a hoe and <laughs> dissing her MC skills. Okay. <laughs> so this is all so adorable Damn. now. Is um, it cute? Now, all of this, it, it's it's a cute because it's so like innocent in a sense that like in the 90s, like arguably you could say Biggie and Tupac got killed because they had a beef that was on wax that went physical went in real life and that's why uh, yeah. they got, both got killed so um now all of this like i said would not only spark the idea of a of a beef on wax um but it would also lead to other sort of similar like uh rap beefs between mc light uh so it'd be mc light versus antoinette lil kim versus uh foxy brown in the 90s yeah. and the current beef between Nicki minaj and megan the stallion oh my god so that is why <laughs> that you have taught. Let I'm me tell girl. you, you have taught me so much today that I did not that know. Me? Yeah, you really have. I don't know much about this at all. Oh, good. This is good, so, good, good. I love it. I mean, it's Black History Month, so I got to teach the people the black histories. I just got to teach them. Um, and this is and like I, for like just music fans. It's also fun because I love it. Like no one got killed. It's all yeah. on wax. Um, that's what I mean about it being innocent. Like this 14 year old girl's like, I'm the freshest. I'm the dopest MC. And then, you know, and like, you can't talk to me. Like, it's like, it's just very, very cute yeah, and innocent cute. to like, y'all, y'all hoes ain't mad at me and Megan, y'all mad at Megan's law. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's a little, this is where this we is are. a little darker. Yeah. This is a little darker. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. This is many, many years later now. So now Shantae, back to Shantae, Roxanne Shantae. Now, again, now Lolita used to be Lolita. Now Roxanne Shantae, she would go on, keep doing her thing. Because again, this is, she was only 14 when this came out and she was still living in the projects. And because back then you just didn't understand back then also there was none of this like you get like deals right away or you can go on the internet and make money from advertising. Like right. right now I feel like people pop off, they get like a viral like song and they can make money like right away. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah. um, and get management and all this other stuff, but that's not what was happening. So, but she went on because obviously music, she loved music and she was good at it. And she went yeah. on to release other hits, including have a nice day and gone girl. Um, but her MC battling days were sort of over um, huh. when in they were kind of waning because, again, hip hop is a very young um, sport. She wasn't she wasn't doing those like local neighborhood battle raps anymore. She was trying to go mainstream and right. get like make some money, become a professional. Yeah. Now, in 1985, but she was she always was proud of her skills as a battle MC. 
Um, yeah, good in shit. 1985, yeah, she battled Busy B. Starsky for the title of Best Freestyle Rapper, but she lost because the judges, who included Curtis Blow, uh, who was one of the original hip-hop guys, later admitted to her that he didn't vote for her because she was a girl. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because God forbid, even though she's 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 the freshest MC, she's got the freshest skills, you're not going to vote for her because she's a little girl. Now, by the age of 16, though, she uh, she had had a child and she uh, had survived being abused by an older boyfriend. Oof. Um, she was also be- having um, she was also being cheated out of her money by managers and others whom she trusted. Because, again, this is like a 14 year old gets this viral thing and then yeah. like you know and now now in the interview with uh elsa uh, chang from npr she asked she was she asked uh, shantae was asked would you have called yourself quote would you have called yourself a feminist back then quote absolutely yeah i would call myself a feminist today we need that we need to hear that little girls needed to hear that there are so many yes. things that we as women would be able to do not that we physically can't do them but sometimes we mentally hold ourselves back from doing these things because we are told those are man things or those things that men are only good at or those those are things that men are only strong enough to handle end quote yes but she had to be a feminist because to be a 14 year old to be like, I'm the freshest. Da, 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 da. You can't see me. Like, it's just so like cute and cocky. I just love it because she was just so like, you know, like I said, it's very innocent. And that's in a the lot thing. of ways. Women are women are only held back because they're told to. Do you know what yep. I mean? Like, I can see where she was like, I don't understand. Like, I'm good at this. Like, what is what? What do my budding breasts have to do with? You know what I mean? With a skill that's from my brain to my mouth. You know, yep. and, but no, but that's what society gives us. And that's, that's right. That's some bullshit. It's bullshit. We know it's bullshit, especially at this age, because at that age, you're still very like sure of yourself as a young woman. Yeah. It's not until you get older when people start undermining you or you get in relationships and you're like, yes. well, maybe I'm not as dope as I thought I was. But I always thought I was dope. I was, you and know, men will try to put you down to make to convince that that's what the gaslighting thing that's why women are screaming about gaslighting because that's what that is exactly yeah exactly now but she even at that tender age and having gone through the things that she went through she still lived by that moniker and that belief so in 1989 she released bad sister uh and then in 1992, she released a new uh, uh, a song, an album, "The Bitch Is Back." Uh, nice. And then she hit. She released a greatest hits anthology in 1995. So she continued on. You know, obviously, hip hop changed. Um, it lot. changed yeah. uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, and then early mid 90s. Definitely changed a lot. It became, I would say, probably in the 90s, it became uh, probably really, really lucrative for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, at the height of her career, though, Roxanne Chante was referred to as the queen of rap by the New York Times. Nice. um, And has been noted as a hip hop pioneer. Now, Mm -hmm. and Billboard editor Natalie Weiner called her, quote, rap's first female star, end quote. Nice. She's considered a mentor for generations of female MCs and an early advocate in rap for female empowerment. By the age of 25, she was mostly retired from the recording industry. Uh, and she, really? would, she continued to make occasional guest appearances and live performances, as well as always mentoring young female hip hop artists. 
Um, she made a cameo appearance in a VH in, on VH1's hip hop reality show, Ms. Rap Supreme, giving rap battle strategies to the finalists of the show. She was in a series of Sprite commercials during the 1990s as well. She returned to performing in 2008 with her song, Roxanne's Revenge, and nice. um, when her song was ranked number 42 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. So she got a little resurgence in 2008 nice. when people rediscovered Roxanne's Revenge, the original song that, that kicked off the, the, the beef on wax, the, you right. know, the rap battle, uh, the rap disses. And because rappers, especially female rappers, they didn't often get the financial opportunities or the the multi-year endorsements, deals and partnerships that that artists have now, because literally artists can come out and have like a viral thing and probably get like good, a good like 18 months to two years off of one like viral thing and get deals with like, I don't know, like yep. a meal with with um, you probably need a little bit more longevity than that but you can you have opportunities to make money you have opportunities to do a tour now that you can probably organize yourself right. because of social media like you could make a yep. pretty mint like you can get in and get out and probably make a couple million dollars off of one song if you play your cards right right Wait, Lavetta, so Lavetta, hold hmm? on hmm? hold on huh? we should write a song my name Just is say. peaches and i'm the best da, da, da. no that's from uh uh, that's from uh, coming to America. See, I just stole you, it. See, I, I'm not good at that. I, did you ever watch Community? It. I'm gonna just real quick. Of course, real I, quick. Of course did you, I did. Oh my course, god. Okay, so my I favorite did. episode, season three, episode ten. It's the Christmas episode. It's the uh -huh. Glee one where they're putting on a show. I watch uh -huh. it every single year around Christmas time. And there's this moment when they're like, "Hey, Britta, you have to be the lead." And Britta's like the mute tree because she can't sing. Um, but she's still part of it. It's very important. It's cute. I like it. And she says, I don't know what the song is. And he goes, don't worry. It's in your heart. And she goes, duh. And she goes on the stage and she says, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. And I think if you and I were to write a song, mm. it might sound like maybe a little bit like that. I don't know. I don't I know. Uh, certainly a rap song like we might be able to come up with a little ditty for like Christmas but a rap song I, again my toes is big my head is small I, I don't know I, 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 two see, plus I can't two I freak out four. <laughs> I panic plus dough I don't know I mean but you know what honestly because now we have mumble rap and lean rap where the guys are high and then she don't have a it literally I mean, you're literally like that doing that right now. Yeah. Why yeah. don't we take like, a recording we of what we're talking about now? But, yeah. but we have to get like a, uh, we'd have to get a proxy. We'd have to get a young tender thing or a young guy. We okay. write his lyrics and then we can make money off of him. So we just get, get an game. intern this somewhere. Get it's game, fine. So. We got, listen, yeah. we got a plan. Yeah, okay. Exactly. New plan. <laughs> now, but again, like in the 90s, it really took off for hip hop artists. They were able to um, get a lot more money. But even those early ones like Queen Latifah, MC Light, they had to pivot. Even though they were hugely successful, uh, they yeah. had to pivot early, you know, to get that money. Queen Latifah went into management, uh, Naughty by Nature, as well as oh, acting. Yeah. 
MC Light went into, um, she continued to, because MC Light is actually one of Queen Latifah's uh, mentors and like inspirations. And oh. MC Light is one of my favorites. She is so cold on the mic. She is one of my favorites. I love her flow. And she she had to pivot into acting and she's a, a very successful and well-known host and um, voiceover artist. Oh, very um, cool. But many of them um, and then some of them pivoted to becoming radio DJs and raising their families because that's a steady income and they can use their expertise in music and musical history to. So um, that's that's basically what uh, Roxanne Shantae ended up doing, like pivoting to hosting um, and becoming a DJ. Now, in 2017, a dramatized biopic about her life called Roxanne Roxanne was first shown at Sundance that year. And it would became it became like a, a critical darling, especially for the lead actress Shantae Adams, who was fantastic. And it was like a breakout performance for her. It appeared on Netflix called Roxanne Roxanne, oh. and it's about this whole like experience with Roxanne's revenge and all of this and like her life. But it was a biopic based on Roxanne Shantae's life. Uh, the film was co-produced by Forrest Whitaker and Pharrell Williams. So um, now currently. Roxanne Chante is the mother of four and she is thriving. I am happy to report. You can hear her regularly on LL Cool J's Rock the Bells Sirius XM channel, channel 43. You can also okay. follow her on the social medias and her YouTube mm. channel. Um, she's very active. And like I said, I'm so glad that she lived long enough to get her flowers as a pioneer, uh, as a rap pioneer, hip hop pioneer, like people, she's still around and people can say to her, I watched the, uh, an interview with her and Lil Kim because Lil Kim was probably the first, um, uh, Roxanne Chante was the first, uh, rap superstar, female superstar but superstar in general actually she was because 84 very very early on but like Lil Kim was the one in the 90s that really took it sort of mainstream and she also she also uh that's where like especially um hip-hop sound kind of changed but Lil Kim we all say Lil Kim is the queen and even Roxanne Shantae said that but Lil Kim because Lil Kim is is adorable said to her no you're the queen if it wasn't for you Roxanne Shantae I wouldn't have had a career I wouldn't have known what to do none of us uh, none of us would have been here especially you really represented for the female MCs like you made it you made us see that it was possible that we can really be taken seriously in the game Uh, because these men even though she was 14 they really took her seriously like they they took her seriously. And one of the reasons that the show was the song was so successful, Roxanne's Revenge, is because young girls could hear themselves like they've been going to these parties yeah. and, you know, guys being guys want to keep them out. But they're like, well, I've seen other female MCs like really kick it in these rap, these rap battles. Mm-hmm. So to see somebody to hear somebody on the radio like really taking off like and again they're all coming for her uh Roxanne's brothers, Roxanne's doctor, mm-hmm. Roxanne, yep. like all these iterations <laughs> based off of her just her freestyle off the dome for seven and mm-hmm. a half minutes like so I'm just so happy for her that she really gets to live long enough to get her flowers yeah uh, for people to rediscover her she is so dope she does this thing um because when I'm in the car I listen to the the channel and she'll be like um she has like these little little sketches or like little um 
um, what do you call them where they're sort of like uh, have a nice day like she'll have like have a nice day and they'll give the news like it's all based on sort of like her isms Roxanne Chante isms and okay. like okay. I just love it because somebody like LL Cool J who's massively successful beyond hip hop you know gave her her flowers is giving her a platform so she's not forgotten and again like I said she's thriving you can find her on uh, Sirius XM channel 43 rock the bells and she's just still thriving. And that is Roxanne Shante, the original and the originator of the hip hop raft beef on wax that is currently, <laughs> currently just a shadow of the current beef between Megan the Stallion and Nicki Minaj. So which is this, getting kind of ugly because um, the Barb's Nicki Minaj's uh, fans, they actually doxed Megan the Stallion's moms grave oh what the f- and they release yeah they had to put up extra security at the grave like that's what i'm saying like and like i said tupac died biggie died like yeah. this is actually the roxanne shantae beef is like a really sweet you know yeah. call back to a more innocent time where people just went they did their beef on wax and and then it was all about like oh you petite you're a little girl like you got braces <laughs> like what's it even yeah like, like keep it keep it on the wax man like you know what i yeah. mean like don't yeah don't dox not people. necessary don't go to people's don't homes dox people. no either way like like i said i i love both of these ladies and i i also came up in a time i grew up i was a young person in time where female rappers got along like they were like supporting each yeah. other like you know missy yeah. was bringing everybody along it's like let's make this money together you know and roxanne shantae similarly has that kind of attitude like she's so generous with she's not a hater she's so generous with the younger people for her to bring lil kim on there and be giving lil kim her flowers and lil kim's like no 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 you're yeah. the queen of rap like you're the one who started this is that is the spirit in which we should be living today yes. and not this like yes. back and forth don't be doxing people like keep it on no. wax keep it on record you know yeah it's like make yeah. it make it artistic get creative make get it artistic that's fine that's that's okay we have to express yeah. ourselves and sometimes we fight go you and I get do that it. i mean the disses yeah. are harder than like you have braces but like you know or you have a big foot or whatever i mean because nikki also went in on her mother dying and like and talking about her dead mother and what the, and nikki should know better because in black community you would die over talking about somebody mama like nope you know, unless it's all in fun, like your mama jokes or whatever, but you just talking about people's dead mama, like that the might actual? get you stabbed, girl. Like yeah. you catch them hands. My kids just like, Let me tell you, my kids just discovered your mama jokes, and I was like, go ahead and give me one. <laughs> oh, let, let me hear your funny joke. Oh, I'm waiting. What did they say? I'm still waiting. He walked no, away because he knows that his life is like, worth living. Your mama's so <laughs> big headed that. She yeah. got a balloon. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, For exactly. Head. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. but he, he knew better than to give me one. <laughs> oh, oh, they grow Smart so fast. Me. But but that is Roxanne Shantae. And I thought that that was Thank very fitting so for much. Black yes. History Month. Yeah. Go and find her. She's so cool. She's so dope. She's got positive what energy. If, it's all love. Yeah. Like I just because she's been through a lot. You know, sometimes when we find our legends, you know they might be too bitter 
for us to appreciate yeah. them or for us to and not they're not open to get the love that we want to give them but not right. Roxanne Shante it's all love like Snoop Dogg was on her show giving her love and he was just like uh-huh. you know so like she she's getting her flowers as she so um, deserves she well deserves them so um, well, I guess that wraps it up for another episode of Notorious Women Podcast. Um, guys, I should have said this at the top. I keep forgetting our producer is mm-hmm. going to kill us. But also yep. remember to follow us on all the things. But copy, copy the link to the podcast and send it to your friend. Also like and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Uh, subscribe. Do they subscribe on the Tickety Talk? Like what do they do? Yeah, on you can follow us on TikTok and you can follow us on the Instagram it's Notorious Women Podcast on all the things. Just go to all the things and type in Notorious Women Podcast. If you want to email us, it's NotoriousWMPod at gmail.com. Um, and send us an email if you have thoughts. You can also DM. Um, yes. And yeah, do all the things. Yeah. Tell your friends. And tag. Yeah, tell your friends and tag Shantae. Roxanne Shantae yes. tell her how much we love her like she is so oh, positive we should follow her like, too we love her oh yeah her. we're definitely gonna follow her I love her, her. Yeah, yeah, that's done <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and oh and uh, Patreon if you guys want to support the show financially if you want to give her give us as little as two dollars a month or you can do a one time uh, donation you can go to patreon.com slash notorious women that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash notorious women and that yes. wraps it up. Power to the people. Happy Black History mm-hmm. Month. And uh, stop yeah. asking ladies for their titties <laughs> to show their titties. I'm just saying. Unless they want to show you their titties. Uh, right. Let, let, the, let that be their choice. There you go. And and I will say this because I am partial. I am a hottie. Go and listen to his because it is awesome. <laughs> You will get your life. It is hilarious. All right, guys. We will see you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.